0: What if I told you the best vets are the ones you don't see often? Well, welcome, Dr. Carlson. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you. Um, Good to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm, we're thrilled to have you. We've, um, you know, you've been a huge part of our success at Fangs and Fur. I mean, I could preach this stuff all day, but when you're when the veterinarian actually tells the person, you know, feeding fresh. It sounds so weird to say like that. That's so controversial, but, oh, but but when your veterinarian tells you, yeah, you should look into feeding fresh food, it's, it's, it comes from a whole different place. So you've been a huge part of our, our, our success in the last couple of years. So now you're onto our podcast, so we couldn't appreciate it more.
2: Well, I have to say uh, thank you the, the same way for us because we get so much better uh, response in our pets when I send them to you and get them on the raw food.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, it so goes, goes both ways. Absolutely. It's been a really good relationship. I mean, it's funny how often we talk about you at the shop, which is different customers. Um, <laughs> or Anthony at home good about yeah. you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> He's a big fan. <laughs> yeah, so. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat.
0: For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging. Easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets.
1: Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes.
0: I know, it's kind of stressful. It was kind of stressful when we first moved here and trying to find um, a veterinarian that aligned with us. Um, and I think a lot of people have that have that issue. You know, I didn't find you right away. It was it was a customer that had mentioned you. Which is kind of an interesting story because yeah. she actually had she had another veterinarian here in Columbus tell her she was asking questions about a prescription diet that they had given her, and she had she had done her research and she was looking at the ingredients and the guaranteed analysis and all these things and she's like, just this doesn't make sense to me, and she started asking the questions and actually good for this veterinarian because he was like, you know, with the given the questions that you're asking, you should go talk to Dr. Carlson. <laughs> And that's how. And now, I mean, fast forward to you know a year later, her dog is thriving right now. You know, did a complete one eighty. So
2: yeah, it's amazing the things that we see with raw food. Mm. You, you prefer raw food or fresh
0: food? <laughs> it's you know I don't know. Fre- fresh food is like for people who are like new to it. I, f- I feel like raw food can be kind of intimidating. You know what I mean? Is I agree. There,
2: that's actually a good point.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I'll say I'll say species appropriate food, and I mean raw food. We even right. say like we have gently cooked foods. Um, which I still think are better okay. alternatives than obviously some others. So I don't know. Before before we jump into the interview, I've always there's always been something I wanted to ask you. Um, I've never had the chance to. You know, with someone like yourself who's so so you know specialized and so good at what they do, so passionate about what they do. I've always wondered like what where did this come from? Like how did you were you one of those people that always knew you wanted to be a veterinarian? Like at four, you, you know friends that want to be a fireman and, and they turn out to be firemen Like were you, was that like immediate or was this that it's something happened down the, you know, down the road?
2: No, oh, I've, I've always liked animals. You know, when we were growing up, we always had Irish setters that my mom raised for show. And, but I can't say it really developed until really until high school in, in junior high or middle school. I did a, I, I was going to be a Navy pilot. <laughs> That's what I did my report on Navy pilot. Okay. So, then I went into high school and decided I was going to be a veterinarian. And then I had a chemistry professor who I, I really liked, but he talked me out of it saying it was too hard to get into vet school. It's harder to get into vet school than it is uh, medical school. So I went pre-med. Is pre- that med- true? No. Okay. I, I don't <laughs> think I don't so. Know. Yeah. It's so, so I went, still went the pre-med route. So I was okay. going to go pre-med with all my friends. And then about uh, end of sophomore year, I called – Ohio State and got their, their, you know, entrance stats and I was right in the middle. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'm back yeah. on. And it just went from there.
0: Man, you sound like a really, like you were a really responsible high schooler. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of high <laughs> school at like that <laughs> point.
3: <laughs>
0: well, that's cool. That's good to know. I, well, I'm, hey, I'm incredibly thankful that you did decide to, to, to become a veterinarian because it's, it's been obviously beneficial to, well, especially Mozzie. 1993, you graduated from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Looking back over your your education there, how do you feel about your experience? I guess with nutrition, like the way it was taught and what what was taught.
2: Well, it was brought to you by Hills. Still is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hills Hills and Eukanuba, I think. Uh-huh. The, yeah. So they teach you what they think is right using the kibble. Right. But you won't hear anything, and especially back then in '93, I don't even I don't even know if. Raw food was really a concept at, at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think but,
0: uh, there wasn't any commercial raw yeah. food out there. I think Steve's was one of the first in 98. So, yeah.
2: 98, yeah. We we carried all the science diet products and all sure. that. And it wasn't until later until I started getting an interest in the integrated medicine where I really
0: looked at it. How did that come to be?
2: I had a partner. before. Well, before he was my partner, I worked for him. And he said he what he wanted to do was have every doctor have his, <laughs> his, his or her niche. So I had talked to some people about some integrative medicine, and I decided to kind of go that route. And then actually his wife bought me a book on integrative medicine. It was it, it was simple, you know, because it was still kind of an – that was also still early concept. Yeah. But it just kind of started from there and just
0: grew. There wasn't one thing that was kind of like, you know what, this isn't – I'm not getting the results I want, or it's just kind of like over time you had an interest in maybe a, a, an alternative way of doing things.
2: Well, it could be both because I when I started – the interest was there, so I started developing it. But then I, I realized that I didn't want to have these pets coming in that had the the two inch thick charts. You know, I'd rather have the the patient has the thinner chart because we've started good nutrition, good supplements prior, so they don't have all those health issues. Or you don't have, you know, the pet on three drugs, and then you got to put them on another drug because the side effects of those drugs, and right. then another one. And I I wanted patients with thinner charts.
1: <laughs> Love that.
0: I, th- I heard somewhere like a good veterinarian is one that you don't see very often yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> well you know you know in china the doctors work on on keeping you healthy you know Preventative. If, if you yeah. if you get sick you find another doctor right uh, well here's the opposite yeah you you go to the doctor when you're sick
0: oh that's interesting
3: mm-hmm.
0: i mean it makes sense
2: yeah. Oh, yeah yeah it's the 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 drug companies and the insurance companies and the doctors yeah that stuck in it online that triangle
0: it's funny i'm actually working on getting my certification in nutrition now but they have us you know they have us use a small animal clinical nutrition
2: i
3: heard about and, that yeah yeah
0: and it's you congrats know, the, the author is dr mark morris which is you know he's the founder of hills you know and then he <laughs> yeah. turned and then he turned the textbook over and it says compliments of hills and i'm like oh my gosh like it's 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 kind of painful for me but I shouldn't say there's no good information in there because there is, but. It's
2: well, a, what, what wasn't he? He was the one who said uh, you, you could feed an old shoe and a like old motor oil and a piece of tire something or something like, like, that. like that. And you, you can satisfy the AFCO standards. standards? Was yeah. it
0: him that said that? I knew someone said that. Someone I didn't said know that. Was him. Okay. I yeah. I mean, you know, the, it's a, it's a, it's a good textbook. I just, there's some things in there and I'm just like, wow. I mean, it, there's a heavy concentration yeah. on carbohydrates. And, yeah. and not as yeah. much on some of the other macronutrients, but it's funny. It does state that there is no dietary requirements for dogs or cats for carbohydrates, but
2: hence it's not on any labels either.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I tell that to people all the time. I ask yeah. them how. Yeah. Well, I, I ask them like, do you know how many carbohydrates are in your in your the current food you're feeding? They're like, no, no. How do I find out? I'm like, well, look at your bag. I kind of like to have them discover it themselves. Like, oh wait, what's why is it not on here? Oh, because it's, it's not required. By law, they don't have to put it on there, right? And they don't want you, they don't want you to know how many carbohydrates are in there. <laughs> Filler. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but you know, if you take your, what is it? The uh, the protein, the fat, the moisture, and the ash, and you subtract that from 100, you get your carbohydrate count. But the sad thing is it's, you know, 40 to 60% of the diet is coming from carbohydrates, yeah. right? So whether that's grain or, or legumes and peas and all these other things. Mm-hmm. So, When you were talking about finding your, kind of your way to integrative medicine, did that kind of lead to Lifetime? What's what's the origin story of Lifetime Pet?
2: We bought the practice North Worthington Pet Clinic, and then while I was there, that's when I started my interest in in integrative medicine. It started with nutritional products. Standard Process brought just a couple boxes of I think mean, feline renal support or something. Yeah. By
0: I'm gonna pause you. I I've heard I, there was a rumor that you got started on the integrative side through Standard Process. Yeah. A customer I, I started me, with them yeah. a, a customer told me I think it was a customer unless I just like dreamt this but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure a customer had told me that you were using like standard and this this might just be completely made up I have no idea but that they had sent you some samples or they were you were starting to use a small amount of, of standard processes you know whole so what they, what they're, they're essentially like whole food vitamins right they're not using right. synthetics or anything like that
2: they put a very small amount of synthetics in to guarantee the FDA label on it because then, you know, when you're be- dealing with natural products, biological sure. products, you can't always guarantee it's going to have so many milligrams of sure. the vitamin C complex or I whatever you. in there. So they, they will put, but it's small very, amounts. Small amounts, small yeah, very small amounts, small amounts, very small.
0: The meat of it's coming from natural, it's yeah. a natural source. Yeah. 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 So that you're starting to use these, the this, this standard process and you saw such good results with, with, I guess the whole food sourced vitamins and, and glandulars and things mm-hmm. like that. That you're like, whoa! Like maybe feeding real food would be a better alternative.
2: <laughs> yeah, it started well. Dream or <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it started. So I had those boxes, and they, they sat there for probably a few weeks, and then I said, uh, I, I had to actually have a hernia surgery. I'm not a guy who likes downtime, so I actually <laughs> called Tim Ban, who ran standard process, who runs okay. standard process of Ohio, and he came over while I was recuperating showed me the products and I said, do you have anybody who
0: was this to help you like recover? Yeah. No, no, oh, okay. just,
2: just for the practice. Okay. But I just, I hate downtime. Right, so right. You can only read so much of
0: the ring, you
2: know? Right. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I said, do you have anybody who uses a lot of your products? And he said, yeah, I know a guy, you know, Bob Gaston down in Cincinnati. So my wife and I went down there and saw him and, and, he talked about the products and how much success he had with them, and, and it just kind of went from there. So we ended up okay. building our our stores of the Standard Process, using it more. Dr. Gaston started lecturing for Standard Process, and I went to one of his lectures, and um, Ron Karsten was there who actually developed all the veterinary formulas. And we all went out to lunch, and that turned into my signing up for acupuncture Nice. And I learned that, and then yeah. it went that and and Doctor Gaston, uh, two thousand five.
0: Okay, so, two thousand five. So, yeah. So. Back when it was still considered kind of voodoo.
2: Yeah, that. <laughs> and,
0: and Well, now it's. But uh, now you see it in all kinds of traditional veterinary offices. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: So it just kind of went from there, and then that that ended up meeting. You know, uh, led me to meeting a lot of people doing chiropractic. So. I got certified in that and then just yeah. kinda of snowballed.
0: Build built from there. I don't think I've ever used a standard process for both humans and yeah and animals.
2: Yeah. yeah. Actually when we do the nutrition response testing, we almost always start on the human side first because the veterinary products are much more broad based, so which is what I would always use, but until the we start doing the muscle testing. Yeah. They test for the finer tuned human products better. Okay. And then then a lot of them will switch over to those for maintenance long term.
0: Can you explain that, the the muscle testing? I, I think that's a new I, I think a lot of people that are gonna listen to this aren't gonna have any idea what that is. <laughs> but I know it's and I, I do want to talk about it because it is I know you use it for a lot of your customers and I, I've seen this I've seen this success on my end with when they come in, you know, yeah. when we try to um you know simplify their diets and, and find the right things for them to to use. Yeah. So I think it's important to at least it's probably a whole podcast honestly but could could be could be for sure. It's it's
2: probably the wackiest thing that we do. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Because you're you're basically connecting to the nervous system of the pet. And and, and the electrical fields and all that it's mm-hmm. it's it so it's kind of a combination of neurology and and energy medicine but using the strength of someone's muscle to test for the supplements to see if they're good or not. Right. And and also helps us Determine uh, what we call the uh, barriers of healing, so whether they're food issues or immune issues or heavy metals or chemicals or scars or something that are impeding okay. the health. Yeah, so we can help us determine that. Do that. Okay, and, and honestly, for I've had clients tell me for years, you need to learn how to muscle test. And I said that that is the wackiest stuff I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I, and and then I saw somebody down in Georgia do the nutrition response testing, which is a very formatted way to do the muscle test. And I said, wow, that is really cool stuff. For some reason that well, resonated with me, but.
0: Yeah. You know. Down there. You know, I've, we've never, well, I guess that's not true. We did it for Foxy. Yeah. Yeah. For the heavy metals.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I found. I think you found some lead in her head, which makes, <laughs> which makes sense to I me. Mean, yeah. No, we have, we have a lot of customers that have done the, the, that, the muscle testing with you. And I, yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, they always tell me at first, like, I didn't know what was going on, what he was doing. Like, I knew he was doing this, but I didn't know how it worked. And then, but then, you know, you fast forward six months and all of a sudden their dog is a whole different dog, you know, for the better. So there's something to it. You guys do a lot of different things. Or you guys, I should say you guys offer a lot of services that most, a lot of some other practices do not, like like glandular therapy and, and um, acupuncture, things like that. But can mm-hmm. you kind of talk about some of those things?
2: Well, glandular therapy, that's that's standard process. Right. Um, there are some other glandular companies that we use okay but that that is based on you know like heals like in a sense so if yeah. you if you have an ailing organ you feed that organ You yeah. feed, feed the body that organ right. and that that provides the building blocks for them to hopefully repair that organ or at least keep it healthier for a longer period of time yeah
0: i kind of you for that sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but i i do talk about a lot of people know about dcm and that whole thing with mm-hmm. dilated cardiomyopathy and and the whole grain or grain free debate, I, you know, raw food diets. I don't know if you're, you know this, but they got conglomerated with the grain free diets during that whole thing.
2: Yeah, it was a terrible study. It was a terrible, terrible yeah. Well,
0: five hundred dogs over five years, right? It's like a hundred dogs a year. There's eighty million dogs in the U.S., so it's like extremely inconclusive report. Yeah, with a whole lot of different possible outcomes. I don't think there's really any answers. But yeah, and
2: you can't you can't get a better taurine source than. Raw food
0: to my point, right or to your point. So, like, um, we talk about DCM a lot because a lot, a lot of times people come in and they'll be like, "Listen, like, you know, their dog would be doing great, like everything's great," but they, their vet said, "Hey, you got to start feeding grains because of this DCM." And I'm like, "Well, no, like, you, <laughs> you don't, you don't at all. Um, you don't, you don't. Oh, you
2: mean switching from legumes to the to grains? No, no, one?
0: not not even from that, because then I mean that's somewhat arguable, right? Like, because because yeah. what they found is that some of these So in these grain-free diets, grain-free kibble, they're using legumes, right, and and lentils and peas and all these things that have phytates or anti-nutrients that could be inhibiting the absorption of certain amino acids like taurine. So in that case, I'm like, all right, well, maybe, yeah, we we can try that, you know, if you wanted to go to a grain-based kibble. You know, obviously, I'm always promoting the raw fresh food. And so my point is that, you know, with, with the heart, it's a disease that affects the heart, like heels, like, you know, and you're feeding actual heart muscle in, in the raw food diet. You're feeding, I think the only sources of taurine are meat, organ, dairy, and seafood. So, you know, all things that we have at Fangs and Fur, but it's just an interesting debate. Like heels, like, I think. And I
2: didn't, they never came up with the reason as to why. No. You know, no. Is, is it lack of taurine? Is it something inhibiting it? Is yeah. it the, the because it's not an essential Amino acid. Yeah. So is it is it the lack of precursors? Methionine and
0: cysteine. The, yeah. Methionine, yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. That yeah. or or is it? Uh, I mean, is it a multifactorial? Because I guess in humans there's a there's Genetic. a same issue that. and I I can't verify this, but yeah. it was from someone else who reported it that yeah. said that humans have with low protein diets, and there's an, some other excess nutrient in combination created dilated cardiomyopathy
0: oh, interesting. in humans. Okay, so,
2: so it might be multifactorial.
0: Yeah. That, why, that, there that's is a why good, that was so terrible. There is a good argument about, you know, people that are feeding, because the grain-free diets are usually the boutique diets, right? The, the more expensive ones, the higher-end ones. And so people that are feeding, you know, grocery store-bought grain-based kibble, were feeding obviously those are lower-cost mm-hmm. dry foods, right? And those people might not have the money to take their dogs to the vet when they're having these issues. So how many of those went unreported as well, that were on grain? And then of course the whole genetic component, you know, some dogs, some breeds are just kind of predisposed to it. Right. Feeding, you know, in my opinion, feeding a fresh food diet that has, you know, a a healthy amount of taurine in it. You're not, I don't want to say you don't have to worry about it, but it's probably your best bet to avoid it.
2: Right. Well, it's, it just seems logical.
0: What just raw food in general. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a whole episode in itself (laughs) too. But it is crazy, you know. There's still a lot of, um, there's still a lot of vets in Columbus that are very. I mean, I can't tell you. I, I every, at least every week I hear someone that is looking for a vet that's at least going to be open to them feeding raw food. And it just it blows my mind. I mean, I have had people in tears and and fangs and fur just mm-hmm. being like, I the vet they were so mean and they were like, you're killing your dog and like all this thing, all these things. I don't know. Well, I
2: think you've got the major, the American Animal Hospital Association, the the, I think maybe the, even the AVMA, you know, doing studies or or putting out information against it. So that's what all the veterinarians are hearing. Right. When they, you know, and, and and on a flip side, there, there really wasn't a whole, there weren't a whole lot of studies that could prove that raw food was good until the recent ones. Dog risk. Came out of, right. Out of the Helsinki. Yeah.
0: That study was really cool. At least in our business there's a lot of people like well i want to see the proof you know mm-hmm. for a lot of raw feeders it's like well i mean it's all anecdotal it's like look my dog i, I look at mozzie he's 10 years old he's got he's never had any teeth pulled he's got perfect teeth he's still jumps over my head for a frisbee and he's you know still in really good health and it's like you know he's better yeah. he's doing better than half you know d- dogs half mm-hmm. his age we don't need the proof per se but there's a lot of people who are transitioning that you know this is a whole new concept to them and they want to see the proof so there is. Uh, Dr. Anna, Bjork, Anna Bjorkman out of uh, University of Helsinki in Finland. I actually saw her talk speak in Chicago. She does. She's there for the dog naturally summit. It's kind of cool. They took um, they took four segments of dogs. I think they took they took dogs that were fed kibble and stayed on kibble. Dogs that were fed kibble that went to raw, raw to um, kibble and kibble to raw. So four different ones. But what they found was that they're measuring a lot of disease markers. But homocysteine was like the big one, and I think it was a ten times increase. And homocysteine was something that you don't want in dogs that were fed kibble and stayed on kibble, and then dogs that were on raw, you know, and stayed on raw had a ten times less of it in their systems. But then it was really cool as the dogs that went from kibble to raw yeah. had a five times decrease as well. Yeah. So you When know, they swapped them, right? Yeah, when they swapped them. Yep.
1: Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family, and that extends right down to the food that they eat. In order to give your pets the very best, you need to feed them a complete and balanced diet like Northwest Naturals.
0: For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. Their ingredients suppliers are carefully chosen for their dedication to quality and safety practices and sustainable farming activities.
1: They combine all those healthy ingredients, adding natural vitamins and minerals to provide the very best nutrition for your cat or dog. Their recipes follow recommendations from the American Federation of Feed Control Officials, or AFCO, so that each is complete and balanced. In order to keep their products free from bad bacteria and pathogens like salmonella, E. coli, and listeria, they use high-pressure processing, or HPP. HPP is extremely safe and has been used extensively in the human food industry for many years.
0: Northwest Naturals is able to keep prices down and overhead costs low, since they produce all of their products from beginning to end. For you, the pet owner... Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets.
1: Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes.
0: So I think, you know, the the, the study proved that, you know, feeding, and I, and I we talk about this all the time in the shop, um, just doing a little bit of raw food even as less as I think what her study suggested, less at least 20% can have a huge impact. Not only oh, decreasing their chance of Good. disease, but also increasing longevity. So I
2: always yeah. tell people it's, it's, it's kind of dose related. Yeah. You know, if you, even if you can get a little bit in there, something, something natural, something, something that's real, not been, you know, cooked under high pressure and, right. and temperature.
1: Can you share like what your clients, when you start introducing or start talking about nutrition, like what is their initial reaction? Are they like, I've never heard of this, or is it it's a foreign concept? Or is it like, oh, that actually makes sense?
2: I would say the people that come to see me, they they've already most of them are, have already heard it. That's good. So, so That's they're refreshing. Not, yeah, so they're not too surprised. And then yep. a, a lot of them will say, "Well, I was thinking about doing that." and I said, "I know the guy." You know. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, I think they need the confidence
0: too when they hear when the when the veterinarian actually says right. it. You know, then it's like okay, because if you go online, like to your point, if you go online, you there's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation. About it, and so but.
2: well they, they and and that was the thing I was going alluded to earlier was the associations are you know when they discuss it they're really going after the the bacteria and, and the parasites that are potentially in raw food and, mm. and 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 certainly that is something to have concern especially if you're making it yourself you don't hear about well you, sometimes you do but you you know what about all the recalls on the dry food that are full of E. coli or salmonella ninety eight percent or
0: Ninety percent of all the salmonella, E. coli, and listeria recalls are from kibble. They actually did a study. I think it was the same dog risk study. Anna B. Workman did a study. There's over sixteen thousand households across the world that were feeding raw. Mm-hmm. I think it 0. 02%, 0. .02 percent .02 is either 0. 0.2 or .02 percent had any cross contamination, meaning that they found what made the human sick, the bacteria that's making them sick, was also present in the food. So it's pretty low. It's very low.
1: This may be a question for Anthony, but feeding raw—is this something like a big company, or like you said, you know, doing it on your own? I think there is like a little misinfor, you know, confusion on what that actually means. So maybe mm-hmm. you can explain. Yeah, those options. I
0: actually think this is where a lot of vets, a lot of veterinarians, get a little worried too. Right? Like, are you going to be meeting all the requirements? Right. The the companies that we sell, you know, they're doing third party laboratory testing they're doing fermentation some of them during hpp they're doing different things to ensure that there's no possible contamination in their food whereas if you go to the grocery store uh i think poultry runs at like a 10 to 15% salmonella contamination now that's not obviously i it's my belief it's not it's not much of a concern for the pet they're well equipped to handle these things but as far as like cross contamination to the human side it can be right. a little different, but. Um, well, and
2: it, people ask me what I feed and I said, I, I you know, I don't have enough time in a day to formulate the diet and make sure it's, I, I mean, I have yeah. a 13 page document from uh, a, a friend of mine out in New York who put that together. Who You you, you want to formulate a raw food or, mm-hmm. you know, I can give you that document right? and it goes into specifically how to try to make it balanced or you could get, you know, Dr. Um, Becker's diet. Or her book, her book yep. on diets, which is very complex.
0: It is, yeah. Uh, her, her and Rodney Habib have a, um, they have a couple uh, recipes. I, I've got quick recipes on YouTube that are complete and balanced that you can make real quick. Steve Brown, are you familiar with Steve Brown? Mm-mm. He started Steve's real, Steve's real food. He's got two. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know his last name. Yeah, yeah. Doctor <laughs> Karen, Doctor Karen Becker has interviewed him. Yeah. Uh, before, but um.
2: Yeah, the, I saw the two of them speak at. the uh, oh, did at, you uh, Midwest?
0: Oh yeah, wow! When was that?
2: Uh, no, yeah. no, it was a holistic veterinary medical conference. Oh, okay, yeah, man, I would have. Several looked, years
0: ago, loved to have seen that. But I talk about his book a lot. He's got unlocking the ancestral diet and see Sea spot live longer. But he's got recipes in both those books that are I did for a while. Yeah, I was doing DIY for a while, and I was just using his recipes. Yeah, it's a I, lot. I
2: just, I just prefer to use one that's already prepared. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot. It's, you know,
0: I'll kind of let my secret is I always tell people like, if you like, I'll, I'm, I'm here to help you. If you want to, you know, learn how to do a, a DIY, like I'll give you the resources. You know, make yeah. sure you're, getting, make sure you're hitting everything. But I know that they're gonna, it's gonna exhaust them. Yeah, it just is, and you don't actually save that much more money. And I your mean, whole and,
1: kitchen and, looks like a science lab. Yeah, went and, wrong. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: not or, pretty.
2: <laughs> or you know, on top of that, then if you're really gonna try to save money, then you have to get into the buyers groups, and then you have to. Yeah. So so yeah. if you got time and the gumption to do it, by all means.
1: Yeah. Well, we but, had like a what but, a three or five hundred dollar meat grinder. Meat grinder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's cost involved in yeah. that. Yeah. But you really liked it. That was your happy. It's
0: fun, spot. you know. It's <laughs> kind of a good way to clear your mind on a but it takes a while. <laughs> sounds messed up, right? I mean it was like it looks like I just I butchered think a lot of animals. I did, but yeah. <laughs> I think I did the, the where I drew the line, I think Dylan had run in our little girl had run into the kitchen one day and grabbed like a beef kidney that was on the counter and started running around with this. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just gonna maybe I should just start buying this stuff. But, so um, in conclusion,
1: I, you can say that, you know, come to Fangs and Fur, we have already prepared um, diets and food that's already there for you. So yeah, you don't lo- have to not, do all of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's all <laughs> in just one little, I don't want to say process, but it's in it's packaged very well. So. Looks like yeah. a hamburger patty. Yeah. Oh, this whole thing started with just explaining the differences between or all the things that you do differently at your practice and other practices. I think it's glandular therapy is what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. About, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the original, it was the original topic here.
2: So we have, we, we do, uh, we do acupuncture and there's, there's several theories as to why acupuncture works, but, but it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, that could be what, a whole nother discussion. It is, yeah. You know, Real quickly, what, like,
0: what would you use that for? Like if your dog is having kind of what kind of issues?
2: I mostly use it for musculoskeletal stuff, but you, it can be used for internal things as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the five branches of. Chinese medicine.
0: Yeah, because I've been thinking about doing that for Mozzie because he's just, he's always been a Frisbee dog. You know, he's got some, he lands awkwardly sometimes. Mm-hmm. He never shows any symptoms or any signs that he's uncomfortable, but I think it might be good for him.
2: that an adjustment?
0: Are you taking any new customers? <laughs> I can't, I don't even see that much you're, anymore. You're not new. <laughs> you
2: just, <laughs> just ask. Yeah,
0: I'll see if I can sneak in. See, Dr. Carlson said so. Yeah. <laughs> Glandular, you do acupuncture, um... You do some ozone therapy, chiropractics, yeah.
2: Do uh, ozone therapy. Yeah. um, Pulse magnetic, laser. We're adding stem cell and platelet-rich plasma.
0: Wow. That's really neat. Yeah. What exactly, like what exactly do you use it for? Regenerative medicine. So
2: I, I, at this point, I don't even know all the things you can use it for, but it's mostly musculoskeletal platelet-rich plasma, PRP, which is a much less involved technique than getting the stem cells, I mean, that that can be used for all kinds of non-healing wounds, corneal ulcers, you know, in the eye, but it's it's probably most mostly used for joint injections for like uh, uh, an anti-inflammatory.
0: Yeah, that's where I've heard about it. Yeah.
2: yeah, so we're excited.
0: All right, so if there was, we kind of talked a little bit about this before, but if there was kind of one thing... That you if someone comes in and they're feeding I mean a processed food what would be kind of the one thing or even no matter how small the one thing that you would have the the, um, the person do for that for that dog or cat's diet to help improve it
2: well I, I always tell them that my hierarchy of food is raw food then homemade food even you know if it's cooked yeah and then uh, canned food and then dry food okay and I always say um, supplements that I think benefit almost Everybody are are you know the the omega threes, yep. So the DHA, EPA, mm-hmm. digestive enzymes, and probiotics, and and those those are, are kind of the biggest things to help any diet probably get better. Also, if you can add in some kind of
0: natural food, yeah.
2: Whether even if it's you know getting a picking a vegetable, and and pure you know pureeing it or yeah. or
0: you know steaming it or yeah, light
2: yeah. lightly cooking it, yeah. put it in there. Between, you know, fatty acids and adding those in, I think you're going to make a big difference. Yeah, that's
0: Um, very similar to what I said. We're big fans of, and some dogs I know don't tolerate um, the dairy as well as others, but we have a lot of people that feed dry food, but they also pick up a bottle of raw goat milk because they're getting the moisture. I always preach moisture yeah, all these dogs in the U.S. are just so dehydrated. Um, just don't have the thirst job like we do. So getting some moisture in their food, getting the probiotics, you know, from the goat milk is incredibly important because, you know, with kibble, it's all cooked at anywhere between, I think, like 250 to 400 degrees. So multiple yeah. times. So there's no probiotics. I think it, <laughs> there's some companies <laughs> that are adding like a really low amount just to say that they have has some in right. there, but they're ineffective.
2: Well, even if they're sprayed on at the end, yeah. the kibble's full of preservatives.
0: right. Yeah.
2: What's what's really left after it's sat on the shelf for a while? And
0: and then enzymes. You know, with the goat milk, you have like the full array of digestive enzymes in there. So, you know, really help, especially those dogs that are around, you know, six to eight years old that are kind of starting to slow down. I always tell people like it's, you know, their pancreas has essentially been working overtime their whole lives to break this food down, mm-hmm. produce these enzymes to break this food down. And they start just like us, they have a limited capability and they'll start slowing down. Uh, the pancreas will start slowing down and not be able to break down the food like it should. And so the dog kind of suffers from that, you know. So they start slowing down. So adding those enzymes is well. Yeah, you we talk about you that start a
2: lot. getting insulin resistance. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because fifty percent of their diet is carbohydrate. Yeah. You're, they're dealing with the inflammation. Mm-hmm. They're probably dealing with some leaky gut, and then where's it go after it's absorbed through the gut to the liver? Yep. So and, I, and then the the oh, so the in Chinese medicine the orifice of the liver um, is the eyes. Okay. So, you know, you get these dogs and, and cats with the you know, chronic eye discharges. I mean, cats yeah. can, can be
0: viral, but right. you, it,
2: you also, in Chinese medicine, we think liver. Right. Or you think ears, you know, the gallbladder meridian wraps around the ear three times. Mm-hmm. So you think gallbladder, which is, you know, yep. their husband wife. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, it does so much. There's such a big, huge cascade. And then where's cancer come from? You know, right. cancer... Yeah, the, the genetic model has been one of those models that's been out for a long time, but really chronic inflammation is one of the biggest drivers, precursors, precursors. to. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. I was talking about this with, oh, we were, we were on the news the other day and I was trying.
1: No big deal. <laughs> yeah, no
0: big deal. No, for was, a good reason. Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> oh, well, I think so. I You know, it was stressful. Um, and, we had like little earbuds awesome. and you could hear yourself talk as you were talking. It was live and it was really, like you're on a two second delay. So I just remember That's just, brutal. I was just trying to like throw words out, you know, it's was like, I can't just stop talking. Um, so I don't even know what I said. I'm afraid to watch it, but. Better you than me. Yeah. But no, what I was trying to say during this, during this interview was that, you know, if you, it's statistically speaking, like, you know, our dogs and cats aren't getting, they're not, their health's not improving. You know, diabetes is increased, um, obesity, obesity. Um, the cancer, you're you're talking about cancer, cancer, I think was 1% like 60 years ago is over 60% now as of 2019, you know? And it's, it's, Mm. it's interesting to me that all of these things coincide with, you know, the post-World War II era, you come out of World War II with the extrusion process and, and, you know, people, you know, the nuclear family and everyone going back to work and, you know, feeding processed food, scoop, feed, go and look what's happened, but it's still controversial to feed raw or to feed fresh food which blows my mind
2: a lot of integrated medicine, you know, was, was controversial. I mean, it, it, well, it wasn't controversial back in the 1800s. I mean, how many hospitals did we have in the U S that were completely homeopathic and now, and then once the almighty oil tycoons discovered that you could make medicine from oil, bam, there, there it <laughs> goes. They, they, they go on a campaign and just, um, just obliterate, Integrative medicine. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even called integrative
0: medicine back then. The issue I've run into with integrative, at least like integrative veterinarians, because we, we lived in Santa Barbara before moving back here. And even here, um, finding integrative veterinarians, found out that they're really not integrative. I mean, I think a lot of them have that title to kind of draw people in, but I'm not like super, I mean, it was just, I guess when, when it was coming to diet, They were trying to push, you know, a certain diet on me, even though the dogs were perfectly healthy, you know. And I was just like, wow. What were they saying? Well, so Mozzie, when we moved back here, he had six months after moving back here, like really had like this, he never had allergies. I think he was like, what, eight, seven or eight at the time. You know, perfect bill of health. Never had any skin allergies or food sensitivities Mm -hmm. or anything. We moved back here about six months later. He just like, just super inflamed. I mean, patches of hair missing is you know, ears, um, fur around his ears were bad. You know, his eyes were going bald. Like it was wild. You, you saw him, I think at one point, um, because I we trying
1: was, to open the business, we're like, okay, you're a model dog. You need to yeah. get it together. <laughs> like, what are you doing,
0: man? Like, get it together, <laughs> get your shit together. Um, so I think that was why they, they, I think they were trying to push like maybe some hydrolyzed protein or something like that. Oh. But I knew, I knew then that it was obviously had to have been environmental. You know what I mean? Because he had been eating the same food for years and been mm-hmm. thriving off of it. it. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's what it was. And I, I just remember looking at hydrolyzed protein and some of those prescription diets. I'm like, man, and I look back on it now, I'm like, I'm so glad. Like, it wouldn't have supported his body to heal.
2: You know, there's there's the uh, paritic threshold, they call it. So where we're all going to have allergies to something mm-hmm. and and they're additive to each other. But until they get to the point where they, they, add you know they add to each other until they break over that threshold, right? You don't right technically have the itch, yeah. So, but I so I always tell people, okay, we don't really have control over what's in the environment, like all the pollens and grasses and trees and molds and uh, bedbug. I mean, not bedbugs, bedbugs, um, d- <laughs> dust mites, <Maybe. laughs> not bedbugs, dust dust mites. Yeah. Um, but if there happen to be food components in there too mm-hmm. if we add good take those away and add good food components we we lower that we threshold. should lower that threshold and, and make yeah. a lot of pets better not i know mean, not all of them it's it uh, nothing fixes everything but yeah man, this has got to be the basis it helps for it. a lot
1: yeah. well what worked oh.
0: for us was we did the um immunotherapy drops through you guys hmm. through Heska. Because he was off the charts, I think, for corn pollen. So we're here, back in Ohio, surrounded by (laughs) cornfields. Like, are you kidding me? Out of everything, the Um, thought
1: literally crossed our minds. We're like, we're gonna have to move. Like, we just moved here. Well, it's an interesting (laughs) point. (laughs) You know, I think I
0: was listening to someone talk about uh, another veterinarian talk about allergies the other day, and you know, if don't go to Iowa, yeah, don't go to Iowa, yeah. to go back to the west coast but talking about like you know if if you had an out like a sensitivity or some kind of environmental allergy like back in like you know ancient times or you know dogs in the wild like if they have an issue with an area well they would just move to a different area but now you obviously don't have that option so you got to kind of manage it
1: from where you are i know that at our store or our philosophy really is like when you know better do better um, can you think of any customers or clients of yours, like any raw success stories that have come to you and they're and you've talked to them about nutrition and kind of gotten them there?
2: Well, usually it's it's uh, when we're when I'm really pushing the raw food. It's it's for that chronic allergy dog, you know. Yeah. The the dog with the yeast in the skin, and it's mm-hmm. we see the best turnarounds with with allergies when we're able to add in raw food or, or appropriate. What do you call it? Species appropriate. species appropriate, raw foods, foods, yeah, and um, and, and fatty acids.
0: Well, we no see legs. we see a lot of yeast. Uh, that's a big one here, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know how many dogs have leaky gut. Probably more than we'd like to think. Yeast is a big one that I see. Yeah, and it's it's always dogs that are on kibble, right? Because it all those processed carbohydrates converting sugar and what feeds right. off sugar is, yeah. is the yeast. Also, I've noticed that a lot of dogs that are on like chronic, I don't want to say chronic, but some, some dogs are, but they, um, just on Rick re- repeated rounds of antibiotics will get yeast infections because those antibiotics are just wiping out all the good and healthy or good and bad bacteria, but leaving the fungus or leaving the yeast there. And so it just proliferates, you know, but raw food, obviously, I mean, that's one of the, I, we've, we've helped a lot of dogs get away from yeast issues just by transitioning and not even putting them on any protocols or anything, just by putting them on raw food. And,
2: and I think one of the things that I learned early on was you, you have to be patient mm-hmm. too. you're, you're not going to see things overnight. Yep. You, you want to, mm-hmm. you don't like to see your pet scratching his or her skin right. off. Yeah. Um, but it, it does take a while if you just stick with it. You know, I mean? Most people will see results.
0: I think they I've heard it takes about a year or sorry, a month for every year they've yeah. had the issue somewhere around there. I, I always tell people give it a month and you should, see at least some progress. I'm going to yeah. say it's going to be resolved, but you should see some progress in about a month, month and a half. It's tough. The yeah, world, the you know, Western civilization, we all want we have prescription pills, take it, we're, you know, good. You know, the issue's solved. Or at least there's a Band-Aid on the issue, you know. But, yeah, a lot of us don't have the patience for it.
2: I mean, giving a dose of steroids is, boy, that can be really fast. But Yeah. You're, you're just covering it up. Like you said, it's the right. Band-Aid and you're not curing anything.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: This won't be the last time we hear from you, right? You're going to come back? Sure. That's a yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Can you um, tell our listeners how to find you?
2: You can look at www.lifetimepetwellness.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well. (laughs) I look at my wife for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We know it all.
0: It's called Meta now. Yeah. (laughs) Facebook.
2: Oh, yeah. I heard that. They changed your name
0: awesome it's official I think so because on Instagram it says Instagram from meta I don't know weird yeah I don't know I don't know why for over 30 years Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland Oregon
1: in order to give your pets the very best you need to feed them a complete and balanced diet like Northwest Naturals
0: Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging easy to open easy to store and easy to thaw and serve to your pets
1: find out more in our podcast show notes We do have the question, which I think, Dr. Carlson, you could probably weigh in on as well. Um, So we had a question um, from one of our customers. And surprisingly enough, I think Anthony has heard this quite a few times in the store. But serious question for you and your husband based on your recent Instagram story. Our shepherd has allergies um, from food and environment, et cetera, and used to get chronic ear infections slash hotspots. We switched him to hydrolyzed protein food. With 24 milligrams of Apoquil a day, and that helped. That was when he was about a year old. At two and a half years, he started getting, I'm going to butcher it, frunkles. pretty it? close. Yeah. Something. cyst <laughs> <something laughs> That you don't want on his paws really bad. Vet says they are totally normal, can come and go, and gave us some more scripts. They didn't work. We want to feed him raw, but from what we've been told by three different vets, his main issue is how to digest protein. I am 100% ignorant when it comes to feeding raw. I know you guys are super knowledgeable. Thoughts? And I want to preface, or I want to start with saying you don't know what you don't know. So here are the experts.
0: I, I Maybe you can weigh, on, weigh in on this too, but it's weird to me— the whole digesting of the proteins. I mean, I would think the easiest way for a dog to digest proteins would be in in the unadulterated form, you know, with with the enzymes present as well. So I don't know why that's an excuse not to feed raw. That's more of an argument to feed raw, right. you know, in my eyes. But I don't know. I when I hear this, I, I just it's it sounds like a really inflamed. Dog to me, you know, it's going through a lot of inflammation, and so obviously, you know, you know, my belief that kibble is is definitely fueling that that inflammation. So definitely, you know, from my angle, I'm not a vet, right? So, but I I, I like to try to prevent things from happening. So my, you know, this is where I think raw food is so good because it is such an anti-inflammatory diet, and it is supporting the whole body. Sometimes raw diet's not enough to heal the dog completely and and get rid of their allergies and all these other other things going on, but at least it it gives them the base. It gets them, it gives their, their their gut is healthy. You're giving the foundation of their health and then you can kind of work from there. It's also interesting to me that the Apoquil, the Apoquil was started and then they started getting these cysts. I try to avoid Apoquil. (laughs) I don't like Apoquil, (laughs) but I understand the use for it. Like we had talked about, like I I think it is important sometimes to make sure that the dog is, is comfortable you know why it kind of buys you time to figure it out i guess why i have such a a problem with it is i see a lot of dogs that are just on it like chronically and i'm like man like it's just cuz it's an immunosuppressant right and so it's it's allowing other things to happen and it's not really supporting the dog but
2: yeah um it, it's not really it can be any very potent immunosuppressant in yeah. in the rare occasion but and, and and we'll use it occasionally and I'll I'll use steroids occasionally, but mm-hmm. it's just to try to get relief until we can get the other stuff Certainly. working because it does take time and you got to yeah. be patient with it. Right. As far as the proteins go, I don't look at it as, as an issue of digestion of protein. I think it, I mean, I mean, even raw food, you have to pick your protein. If you sure, have a sure. dog that's got an issue with chicken, you're not going to just go and get the, the raw chicken. Yeah you know you you're, you're going to have to pick still pick the protein because the protein uh the protein itself could be allergenic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to me that doesn't hold a lot of water. That I mean I I don't honestly I don't see a whole lot of animals that do great on those hydrolyzed proteins. Yeah. Just w- because w- Well they're great
0: for us because what happens is is people <laughs> the dog it doesn't help their dogs and so they come right. in and uh, and asking for help like this isn't working. You right. know what I mean? And they've tried everything else and that so we're kind of States, but we're like their last ditch effort, you know.
2: Now, do you ever but, tell people uh, when they're starting that because you're going to such a high amount of protein that you may have to add in acid? Like, we'll add in Zypan a lot of times from Standard Process or some other betaine hydrochloride products.
0: We or usually filter. go sometimes if I have an otherwise healthy puppy, young dog, yeah. healthy dog, I'm actually a really big component of just or proponent of, of just doing the cold turkey. I mean, if they, in my, in my mind, I'm like, if they, if they can process extremely ultra processed pellets of carbohydrates, I'm sure they can process this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Now, if you have an, if you have an older dog or a dog that's a little behind in health and I'm like, yeah, we'll just, we'll start slow. Maybe we'll do goat milk for three or four days and then start slowly adding in some raw food. And sometimes people don't go all the way raw. They'll just stick with 20%. We have a lot of people that do that, you know, or, or half. Sometimes people like to do raw in the morning and kibble at night kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I, I think raw food has always got to be the basis or, or or at least homemade, you know, getting away from that processed stuff, getting the yeah. carbohydrates low, getting the moisture content better. Yeah. You may find you have to rotate because if you have a leaky gut, mm-hmm. you can put them on one diet, and then after a period of time, could be weeks or months, all of a sudden they're having issues again. Then you got to rotate all over again to something different. But if it's an intolerance, you'll be able to – if you stay off of that food for a period of time, a lot of times you can cycle back.
0: Yeah. I, So you bring up a good point because I think with raw food, you can, um, you know, you hear the elimination diets, right. And you're, you're trying to cycle through all these, okay, this, this kibble is not working. So let's try this kibble, you know, this kibble. And it's like, I, I think there's so many flaws in that because there's, you know, there's 50 ingredients in that kibble. I don't know why I, it's always it's always pointed to the protein, but why isn't all these synthetics like? Could it right. be one of the synthetics that they're having an issue with? Or, oh, absolutely! Or could yeah. It could be the carbohydrates they're having, it, you know, or you know these these pet food companies actually have a year to change their label, so there might be chicken in that recipe. You just don't; it's not on the bag, you know, but they have a year to change their their packaging. So,
2: Gene yeah, Dodds told me that there was a report. You know, Gene Dodds out in California, mm-hmm. yeah. so she she told me there was a report in the AVMA Journal that said 40% of the diets out there have other proteins.
0: Sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you know- with they're,
2: they're only made in a certain number of factories and then uh, and they just say, this is what you want, we want you to make. And then right. they make it for it. And then who's right. the say they are gonna clean it out? Right, exactly. It? That's a good and
0: point. I'm That's guessing hard. not. I mean, you know, they're using rendered meats and, and um, things like that.
1: Change the food, come to Fines and Yeah. Change to raw, go see Dr. Carlson. <laughs>
0: Do you guys do teledocs teledoctor? Do you guys do that yet? No. No. Okay. Just for people. I,
2: I got to see the patient. I yeah, to I get, get that. Get my that sounds... hands on them. And I get
0: that. See them. Yeah. There is a website uh, you can find, like, holistic vets.
2: Yeah, you can do the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. Okay. And
0: you can do... Oh, you know what? TCVM. You know there's a holistic vet with your same name? Yes. Yeah. I met him. One of my best oh, friends. No kidding?
2: One of my best friends was a rep for Butler when Butler okay. was still around. Yeah. And he was his his um customer. Oh. Okay. So he, oh, he introduced gosh. us. To, yeah. Because oh, nice. I was starting to get blood work for his patients. Oh, okay. And we we'd look in the computers like we don't have this, this patient. Right. <laughs> they input this And then we look yeah. and said Springfield, because he was in Springfield yeah. at the time. Oh, okay. yeah, it's it's really uncanny. Yeah. He wears I was reading- glasses, he's blonde hair, he's
0: He's, yeah, as we know about him last night. Yeah, that's funny.
1: All right. Well, thank you again so much for being here. Yeah, this is great. Thank and, you. Thank uh, you. Can't yeah. wait to do it again it's soon. Been fun. So, if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to Danielle at FangsFur.com. You can find us on our website FangsFur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at FangsAndFurPet.
0: The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.